Hello, I'm Philip. And I'm Phoebe. Welcome to Dad. And Daughter Do Death. Good evening, Phoebe. How are you? Good evening. I'm very well. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yes, nearly the weekend, which is always good. Yes, and it's still light, like really quite light. It's very light, yes. It's been exceptionally sunny today. It has. It's been very warm. Yeah. But two loads of washing done, so. And dried and deep yeah. away, so <laughs> it's definitely been warm. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Yeah, I, I actually had one load on the line earlier as well. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, so yes, yeah. <laughs> productive weather we're having at the moment. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so, have you got any news this week? Uh, we obviously heard the result in the Derek Chauvin trial that he was found guilty, which is very good news on lots of levels, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It's a huge relief. I I can only imagine the the pain and the uproar that would have been experienced if he'd yeah. been found not guilty. It's a landmark and hopefully yeah, it will be a turning point. Fingers crossed. I think the the result was the right one. Definitely. So I guess we'll see what Definitely. happens to sentencing. I mean, yeah, he had plenty of opportunity in nine and a half minutes to realise he was doing wrong. So um, I just felt that he was going be above and beyond reasonable restraining force in doing that. And the jury must have thought that it was a pretty sealed thing because they came back quite quickly Yeah, in such a big trial. I, I think it says a lot about the jury that yeah. they did find him guilty so quickly Yeah, that there can't have been any prejudice yeah. amongst them that might have held out for a not guilty verdict. Yeah. Which maybe in other times they would have done. Uh, it's a really difficult uh, case, isn't it? Because so yeah. much of it is... If you take it completely out of context and look at it, it's still awful and still shouldn't have happened and is obviously yeah. still murder. But I think everything else that sits around it is so emotive and is so, I don't know what the right word is, controversial? Well, it is controversial, yeah. It's um, politically difficult. Yeah, and I think <laughs> it's really difficult to move away from that. Day. Yeah, and they'd have had to get someone from Mars to come and sit on that jury to be completely impartial, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would really. Um, so I think it's a really difficult case, but very glad that some justice has been served. Yeah. Well, they could fly them back on the helicopter that's fl- on, on Mars. They could, now. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's how they got them down here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess the other bit of news is um, the developments in the Kristen Smart. And I think I called her Kirsten last week, so apologies for that. But Kristen Smart from your own backyard podcast fame. Um, yeah. And they've, in the court documents that have been released for um, the suspect and his dad um have said that they think that she was buried on their property and then moved recently all right okay so um it'll be interesting to again to see how that plays out and how how they're brought to justice which hopefully they will be some big news this week that i was particularly upset by was the death of jim steinman the writer of such hits as total eclipse of the heart holding out for a hero most of meatloaf's back catalogue Whistle Down the Wind, and uh, it's all coming back to me now, which I sang nine times in a row on my Hindu. So I spent most of the day on Wednesday just listening to Jim Steinman's songs back to back. Rest in peace, Mr. Steinman. Thank you for the 
for the tunes. Yes, rest in peace. There's some big tunes there. Holding out for a hero. Gosh. Yeah. Think of pretty much any kind of 80s power ballad, early 90s, and it was probably written by Jim Steinman. Wow. Okay. There we go. So, yeah. All right. Well, I have got a case for you from the Czech Republic uh, today. Okay. Okay. Um, A country we have visited. A country we visited. A country we've got relatives in. Yes, we do. Hi, Helen. Um, Hi, Helen. Um, And this is actually set in Prague. So tonight I'm going to tell you about Olga Hepnerova. Okay. So she was born on June the 30th, 1951, to a fairly middle-class family in Prague, which was still then Czechoslovakia. Her father was a bank clerk and her mother was a dentist, so they had good wages, they had good jobs, they lived a pretty good lifestyle. She had siblings, um, I couldn't find exactly how many, um, but she had some siblings and definitely a sister. She did quite well at school, she was quite bright, she was quite intelligent. Um, But as she grew older, she found it really hard to communicate with her parents and her classmates. Okay. Later, she said that she couldn't really talk to people at all and she couldn't approach people and that the whole world was her enemy. And this whole communication thing has made people think that actually she probably had Asperger's syndrome, which wasn't really... um, commonly diagnosed until 1994 um so she wouldn't have, have been diagnosed with it even though mr asperger asperger yeah. actually first described it in 1944 it okay. wasn't until 1994 that it was put into the american medical journal that people would be diagnosed with it so um they thought that she she probably had had aspergers which caused her to have this this personality disorder in 1964 when she was 13 she attempted suicide by taking oh. an overdose um, and she spent a year in a psychiatric hospital and the rest of her teens passed without incident, but she was quite an unhappy child. She um, became obsessed by feelings of hatred for her family and society as a whole. And she, it was reported that she heard voices and just generally lived in this kind of weird in-between world, hating everybody. Right. She worked a lot of different jobs, but she usually started them once she'd finished school and then left or was fired quite quickly she was trained as a bookbinder for a bit um, and then she moved to Cheb which is in the northeast of the Czech Republic um, Czechoslovakia and then she stayed there for a year then she came back to Prague where she got a job as a truck driver okay and she seemed to stick to to stick that out a bit better which is good (laughs) gradually she lost contact with her family especially her father and her older sister she really had nothing to do with them she bought a cabin that she would live in on her own, completely in solitude in the middle of nowhere, and she'd just commute to work from there. I mean, I don't hate that as an idea, to be fair. But... <laughs> um, so so, so what, 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 what year are we in now, or how old is she? So she's probably 17, 18 at oh, this okay. point. Oh, okay, still a teenager. So she's still a teenager, yeah. No, yeah. she's not that old yet. And during her teenage years, apparently she really struggled with her sexuality. And from the age of 17, she started having sexual relations with both men and women. And she described herself as a sexual cripple, whatever oh. that means. <laughs> um, but again, I think linking into the fact that she obviously had some sort of personality disorder. Um, so her first real criminal act took place in 1970 when she was 19. So her family had inherited a farm in the village of Zabrodi. Um, which the family used for trips away, weekends away, somewhere nice to go and visit. Um, And on the morning of the 7th of August, 1970, she poured gasoline over the door of the living area and just set it on fire. 
And she hoped that the fire would reach the hayloft and destroy it. Um, And asleep in the house at the time were her sister and two tenants that she had, which were an elderly couple in their 70s. But they woke up and they managed to extinguish the fire. Um, And the final damage was actually only 50 coronas, um, which... I worked out and my math might be wrong but it works out about £1.60 so not a very (laughs) not a very big amount of damage done and she wasn't actually suspected of the crime it was something that she confessed to during an examination in 1973 Mm -hmm. Um, and she said that when she confessed to it later on that um, apparently it had become the cause of many disputes between her parents and she wanted to get rid of it um, to stop to stop the fighting Oh, right. Which seems weird because she hated them anyway. So Olga's mental health just deteriorated further. She started to believe that all people were trying to hurt her and that everyone was was out to get her. But she didn't want to commit suicide to get away from it. She just wanted to do something to be remembered and then probably die at the end of it. Um, Okay. So she started planning a deadly attack. Her plans originally included trying to derail an express train. That was one thing she wanted to do or a detonation of an explosive in a room full of people. But after a bit of thought, she decided that these were probably too technically demanding. And instead she decided on a mass shooting. Okay. And this is just because she wanted to do something to put it down in infamy. Yeah. Because she was unhappy. (laughs) She had against the world. She didn't like the world. She thought they didn't like her and she wanted to do something to cause some upset. So yeah, so she decided that she was going to do a mass shooting. She planned on how to get a gun and she was going to fire on people in Wenceslas Square. Oh yeah. Um, And so she enrolled in the shooting ring at the Svazarm, which apparently was the largest paramilitary organisation in the Czech Republic. But apparently it was actually more like the scouts than the army. So they didn't really do a huge amount of fighting. Um, but she, okay. she signed up with the with the um, gun part of that to learn how to shoot this gun. However, again, she changed her mind because she was scared that it, she might be immediately killed. And then she wouldn't be able to revel in the infamy that she'd created. Um, and also she was struggling to find the best weapon possible to do it with. So she decided that because she had this truck and she enjoyed being a truck driver, that she was going to use this truck to cause some damage. On the 9th of July, she um, abandoned her cottage and her car. And um, on the 10th of July, she took her truck out for a test drive so that she could see exactly what she was going to do and where she was going to do it. So apparently on the 7th of, well, the sources I read said the 7th of June, but I think it must have been the 7th of July. I think I must be wrong. Um, Saying that she sent a letter to two newspapers explaining what she was going to do. So she said that as for revenge for all of the, the perceived hatred against her, but because of the slowness of the postal system, the letter didn't actually arrive with them until two days after the crime. Okay. So and I can't imagine that that would take five weeks to get no, somewhere. No, so probably. I think yeah. it was probably the seventh of July. So anyway, in the letter, she stated, ladies and gentlemen, it is not just a letter. It is my declaration. I am writing it as I do want you to appreciate what I'm going to do. I do not want you to doubt about my sanity. I am going to steal a bus today and run into a crowd of people at full speed. It will happen somewhere in Prague 7. I intend to kill people. 
I know I will be on trial and punished. It would be easy to leave this world as an unknown self-murderer. The society is too pushy and it is too difficult to judge. Here is my judgment. I, Olga Hetnerova, the victim of your beastliness, sentence you to death by running over. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Bizarre letter to receive. So on the 10th of July, 1973, Olga drove her truck from the Defenders of Peace Street place to Strossmeyer Square in the Prague 7 district. Okay. Um, and she spent about half an hour circling round by a busy tram stop basically waiting for it to get busy enough for her to cause some damage. Um, And when about 25 people were present, she drove the lorry, the truck, straight into them at speed. Three of them died instantly. Two more later that day. Um, Another three died within a few days of the attack and 12 people were injured quite seriously, but they survived. Okay. Um, After the vehicle stopped, because obviously it did, uh, witnesses ran to help her because they thought that she must have just lost control of the vehicle. But she immediately admitted that she'd intentionally rammed into the crowd. And that that was exactly what she meant to do. So she was arrested quite quickly. Um, There was no real question mark over what she'd done. And she told the detectives that it was her intention to kill as many people as possible. And she expressed absolutely no regret for any of her actions. Um, In her statement, she said, there were no trams, no cars, nothing was in my way. I said to myself, that was the right time to do it. I drove on the pavement, went on and ran into the crowd of people, knocking them down. Mm. Um, And she'd clearly planned her actions. She took into account that the ground where she drove into them sloped down to the tram stop, which would let her gain more speed so that she could get kind of a maximum impact into these people and get kill the most amount of people possible. And apparently the attack was actually her second attempt as when she tried to do it earlier in the day, she felt there weren't enough people there. So she aborted it and then went back later on when it was a bit busier. Wow. Um, so when she was on remand, she was examined by prison psychologists yeah. um, who were not actually able to diagnose her as insane. She came to trial in 1974 and she was represented by an experienced lawyer, but she refused to cooperate with him, who was really trying to play this insanity card. And she was saying, no, I'm completely sane. There's nothing wrong with me. I did this. I knew what I was doing. Yeah. She tried to make a speech accusing society, saying if the society destroys individuals, individuals can destroy the society. I wanted to take my revenge on the society, including my family, because they are my enemy. Knowing that I managed to do it, I felt kind of a release and satisfaction. On April the 6th, 1974, she was found guilty of all eight murders and sentenced to death by hanging. Okay. So she wasn't really a particularly model prisoner. Um, She spent a lot of time complaining and she'd write quite a lot of letters of complaint, especially (laughs) about things like the heating. Um, right. Okay. And on another occasion, she was uh, told off for being rude to a staff member, so she trashed her cell. She also spat at officers quite regularly, upturned tables in meetings if things weren't going her way, tried to tear up doctor's notes as she was being assessed if they weren't saying what she wanted them to say. So, she, yeah, she wasn't a particularly um, compliant prisoner. <laughs> no, not a pleasant woman. No. So her mother... And this is real mother's love for you. Um, yeah. Initiated an appeal to the Supreme Court to try and get her released, um, okay. which is pretty incredible, since as she was really quite horrible to her whole family, really. Yeah. But they and they took out a judicial review, but they said no, nope, she um, she should be punished for this crime. 
And on the 3rd of March, the president of the Czechoslovak Socialist Republic refused her plea for mercy and the execution was fixed for the 12th of March, which was nine days later. 1975. 75, right, okay. So she'd just been 23, nearly 24. Yeah. So she wasn't very old. Olga was interviewed when she was in prison by yeah. reporters, because obviously it was quite a big case, quite a big trial. Um, and she told the reporters, that, I'm not afraid of the death sentence. I do not accept it. All right. Okay. However, uh, nine days later, she was hanged on the 12th of March in Pankreach Prison in Prague. Despite what she told reporters earlier, when the time came, she was reportedly very afraid of dying. Um, there was a... Czech writer called Bomil Harabal, and he interviewed a Pankrach hangman some years later, and he claimed that Olga had been resigned and fatalistic for most of her stay on death row, and like, yeah, cool, whatever, I'm going to die. Um, but that when the time came for her to die, she became hysterical. She begged for her life, and apparently she lost control of her bodily functions as she was dragged kicking and screaming to the gallows. The hangman went on to say that the experience had actually really traumatised him and caused him to be totally disgusted with his job. Oh, wow. I mean, it's not a job that I'd want, hanging people. Uh, No, and I would have thought quite a lot of people would uh, go kicking and screaming to the gallows. You'd think, uh, wouldn't you? Yeah. Maybe it's because she was so young. I don't know. Um, Yeah. So the gallows that were used for Olga's execution were installed in 1954 to replace pole hanging and here um the noose was tied to an iron bar from the wall above and that was placed around her neck and when the hangman pulled the lever she dropped just a few inches and strangled to death um and she was 23 years eight months and 10 days old and she was the last woman to be executed in czechoslovakia so it was by strangulation type hanging rather than snapping the neck type hanging yes which is pretty brutal. <laughs> it is, because it can take a long time. Yeah, because it doesn't break the neck. So that is the story of Olga Hetnerova. Okay. Who decided that she didn't like people and that she wanted to kill some of them. And so she, she did. Out and she did. So she, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though she was declared legally sane, yeah. there must have been something going on with her. Definitely, to yeah. have yeah. that sort of history and have that real thought that people were trying to hurt her and that society hated her. There must have been something going on with her. Um, and maybe it yeah. was Asperger's. I have no idea where you go, how you'd start diagnosing what was going through her mind or what condition she might have had. No. She had a pretty unhappy childhood. She wanted to be a bit of a loner by the sounds of things, by yeah. taking herself off into the cabin in the woods. Yeah. She had a fairly lonely job being a truck driver. Yes. And then she wanted to kill some people and get some yeah. infamy for it. So Tragic, really. Yeah. All around. And that's quite a common theme that we get into with a lot of these, aren't we? That mm. Actually, they're really quite sad. And I guess at the end of the day, someone's still being killed, aren't they? Or somebody's being mistreated or somebody is being driven to a point where they feel that they need to commit these murders i can't think of one person that we've looked at so far who hasn't really had some sort of event happen to them yeah to trigger them into doing this sort of thing no you're right 
so yeah that's the story of Olga Hepnerova mm. I guess trying to be diagnosed with some sort of mental illness in 1964 probably wasn't particularly easy in any country yeah and a year in a psychiatric hospital in the 60s in communist Czechoslovakia probably wasn't the nicest place to spend a year of your teenage life no and that probably had an impact on what she went on to do oh uh, yeah it would have done and interesting that that didn't d- didn't seem to be taken into consideration anywhere it's brutal well i was gonna say it's brutal that she had to be executed but on the other hand what she did was pretty brutal what she did was yeah actually yeah, yeah. yes she had some struggles and she had a difficult childhood but she still killed eight people who were just waiting for the train because she was having a bit of an off time yeah So a bit of exciting news. We're going to launch a second podcast. Yes. I'd say due to demand, but... We're going to, um, once or twice a week, we'll have some very short podcasts where we just retell a story that we've found somewhere. And um, it'll be good bedtime listening, just as you're snuggling down. So we're going to nice call- gentle story to <laughs> off to sleep with. So we're going to call it bedtime story from dad, as in dad and daughter do death. Yes, we are. So watch out for that. Yep. If we get our stuff together, it should be released on maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. If yeah. if we do it right. So yeah, we should be able to do that. Yeah. So we'll try and do a couple of week maybe. Where uh, yeah, you can just put them on. They'll only be five or ten minutes long each. Just uh. A little true crime story that you may or may not have heard of before. Yes, some um, insider information that we all listen to, stuff like words to go to sleep with, don't we? Like books, <laughs> podcasts, um, things like that. So you can use our voices to drift off to sleep. Yeah, absolutely that. You can play the podcast through like smart speakers, can't you? Like Alexa oh, yeah. and Google and stuff. You can you just can. say, whoever play uh dad and daughter hey, whoever do yeah, yeah. Can. i've done it and it <laughs> um, works yeah and i'll play it so um if you've got one in your room that narrates your bedtime stories for you you can just you can just pop it on there so uh, it'll still be the same uh, dad and daughter do death podcast it's just that we'll have more of them each week yes a couple of little bedtime story sized tales of true crime yes just what you want to drift off to sleep to <laughs> so i hope you'll join us for those yes Thank you to everyone who has been following us and commenting on our pages. Um, it's really lovely to have your feedback and to, to hear that you're still listening to us. So thank you for that. If any of you haven't checked us out yet, you can find us on Facebook at... Dad and Daughter Do Death. And on Instagram at... Dad and Daughter Do Death. And you can email us at... Dad and Daughter Do Death at gmail.com. And I think that's it. I think that's all our ways of communication yeah it'd be really good to hear from you um and especially if there's any crimes or deaths or murders or anything like that that have kind of piqued your interest that you'd like us to cover um it'd be good to have some take some suggestions take some requests (laughs) until then join us next week when once again dad and daughter do death